Well, I'll bet this isn't everybody's favorite gospel, is it? <laughs> this is a, not a blueprint for success that most people would, would, um, would use. I, I had a really, in, I had one idea. Uh, I knew I had two mics on. Hold on. You'd think I'd get this figured out after all. Thank you. That was my fault. <laughs> Desk person back there is wondering what's going on. I solved it. Um, you can't have two mics on up here. You get nothing but echoes. Uh, I had I had something in mind, and then something else came up this week. I'm not going to say who I'm talking about, but it was there was a a, a, a a music group that I used to really enjoy, and uh, and a member of it died. Been several of these lately, you know. It just happens. Your generation begins to pass away. These are slightly older than me, and I enjoyed the music in high school and college and so on. And, and this particular person had passed away, and I was, I was looking them up on YouTube and, you know, kind of getting, I'm just kind of interested in their life and, and what, 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 what was being said about them. And one of the other members, this group had broken up and gotten back together and broken up. I'm not going to say what, who it is. If you can figure it out, that's, uh, well, for money, I'll tell you later. <laughs> As a joke, uh, delete that. Um, anyway, so I was watching. Somebody was one of the other members of, the, of this group was talking about this individual, and they had not gotten along too well over the years. It was an off and on relationship, and so it was very, it was very interesting because they were all extremely talented people. And this particular individual was had a most philosophical answer. I couldn't believe how 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 actually spiritual this 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 little little clip was. He was saying, "Well, they said, what do you, what was this person like?" And he said, "He said it was a brilliant musician, uh, absolutely incredibly gifted with you know harmony and music, and you, you'd appreciate this." Um, although Deacon probably doesn't know who I'm talking about either. So uh, <laughs> for your time. But uh, anyway, he, that wasn't very nice either. Um, I'm having a good day. I, I had three hours of confession, so give me a break today. <laughs> First reconciliation this morning was great. Uh, but anyway, he said, brilliant musician. He said, but I want to tell you something. He said, what happens, he's talking about, and he's talking about performers. He said, what happens when the lights go out and the audience is gone and the applause is over, and nobody's uh, appreciating you, and you're in your room, and you're alone, and who are you? I thought, wow, that is really deep. And he said, and he was a jerk. <laughs> Actually, he said something much worse, but I can't repeat it. And I, you know, and I think I kind of knew that, but um, from just knowing about him. But I mean it uh, from what I read, but I thought, wow, you know, this is so fascinating. Do we really know who we are or why God is leading us the way he is? The, 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 the Beatitudes always bother me. They come up a lot in funerals and they're hard to preach on. Uh, they are hard to preach on it because I don't think anybody really wants these things. And, and you know, the thing about it is, is God is, has, he's leading us somewhere and we're becoming something and we have one face that we we all want to be something but at the end in the end it leaves us with nothing you know it's, it's the same with with money you know it, it comes and it goes it goes up it goes down and and we have things 
people, some people have nothing, some people have a lot, and in the end, all we have is our spiritual self is what's on the inside when we're alone, and so to speak, and all the applause is gone, or the people around us, and who are we? Because one day we have to stand alone before God, and all of it will be gone. There'll be nobody there. We will just see ourselves as we really are, and probably for the first time. Most of us don't, aren't really aware of who we really are on the inside, but our Lord is molding us after something. So when we look at the Beatitudes, what we're really seeing is a description of Christ. This is who Christ was. So now we begin to see why Christ wants to mold us into someone like him so that we will relate to him for all eternity. It's not that he wants to put us through pain. It's just that that's the way to being truly fulfilled in life, to being truly like him, and to really become something that is truly valuable and that really lasts because the all the all the exterior stuff of the world that we, the, either the airs we put on or the things we try to do, a lot of it is, it's, it's either phony or it doesn't last at all. But when our Lord talks about um, blessed are, are the poor in spirit, Matthew says in spirit, in Luke he's blessed are the poor. He doesn't nuance it, but there's nothing blessed about being under the Center Street Bridge and that we're getting more and more people that are homeless and poor, even around here at St. Ed's. And that in itself is not blessed per se. But what does our Lord mean by that statement? He means blessed are those who are aware of their poverty, that know that they can't do it all, that they have a need for something beyond themselves, that some, something in their life has caused a self-emptying, that they are aware of their need for God or the transcendent or something more than themselves. Nothing worse than somebody that gets nothing but applause and doesn't know who they are because they're never in touch with the poverty that really exists within us without God. I'm nothing without God, nothing but dust. Everything is dust without God. With God, everything has meaning. So that poverty of spirit, so our Lord, you know, I, I'm always talking about, um, somebody mentioned this to me, I said I was going to mention this, that, that you know, I'm always talking about God's plan, and I don't usually care for his plan. I don't think most of you do either at times. And it's because his plan often involves leading us down this road of the Beatitudes. He, he, this, this emptying thing is not easy, but in order for the Spirit to fill us, we have to have an opening, a cavity, and that often involves suffering, while that thing that is, is filling too much of us is drained away. Maybe it mean, might mean an infirmity or a loss or just a, a realization in, or in the way the society is right now, you know, whether it's the world or our own personal lives, many people here are suffering for various, various things, I know, and these are, these are moments when God's grace can fill us. They can't alienate us from God. He's taking a risk by doing this in our lives, but he can also fill us. And that poverty of spirit brings us closer to God. So he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. They're the ones that the spirit was able to fill the most. They had the most emptiness inside and in the sense that they had a space to fill. Not that they're empty of God or something, but that they, they simply have a little less of themselves. They're not, they're not full of themselves, so to speak, like this person that was being described so uh, um, succinctly by this uh, other individual. And we could go down the list here, um, but 
when we say blessed are they who mourn now that will come up in funerals but you know mourning in itself is not blessed it's, it's to have mourned somebody for example is to have loved them you take a risk by loving somebody by becoming attached to somebody in a friendship or love or or, or whatever, is that the loss is going to hurt. It means I, if you're mourning somebody right now, we had three funerals this week, for example, uh, it means I truly love somebody. To mourn is to love, and love is to mourn. Christ experienced this at Lazarus's tomb, where he cried, and then they rose him from, he, then he brought him back from the dead. And to mourn is essential because it shows us what's really valuable in our lives. And as Christians, we believe, you know, please God, that we will see these people again, and the seeing will fill, our, fill us with joy that would never have occurred without the loss. That's why sometimes people that have been away from the church have greater joy and appreciation for what they have than the lifers that never left, because we have that loss, and then we fill it. And so we have that there again, and of course, merciful, and this is, some of these things, the clean of heart, you know, people struggling with, with pornography and things, that the very struggle with that produces the desire for cleanliness, the desire for God, that desire to seek something pure, something that is truly, to be truly human is to be truly like God, not like God in the sense of Adam and Eve trying to take over, but like God in the sense of an upright life that is dignified and, and purified, and that's heaven. This is a description of heaven. Everybody in heaven is merciful, but we all know what it's like to have been treated mercilessly, and most of us have experienced being merciless, I think, at times, maybe not even intentionally, but that, that quality of mercy or of meekness, to meek, being meek is the worst one of all. Nobody wants to be meek, do we? What's, what, I can think of, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I, I can think of times I haven't been too meek, usually when I'm behind a slow, a slow farm vehicle of some kind or other, you know. Um, but uh, then I want to say, get out of the road, you know. But um, to be meek means to give way. It means I don't have to have the final answer in an argument. I can allow the person to win. By saying nothing, I win. Meekness is not a milk toast. Meekness doesn't mean I'm a doormat. Meekness doesn't mean that I don't defend myself when it's necessary or legally. Meekness just means that I'm willing to give way. And that's what Christ did. Remember at his trial, he said nothing. He was God. That's what God often does. He often says nothing. But he has all the answers, and he's going to explain it. He's just going to take his time. Being meek means I'm going to try to accept the will of God, even though I don't understand it, and right now I may not like it. Later, I will. I will, he says, you're, we're going to agree with him on the last day so we can start now. And so, blessed are the peacemakers. We seem to have a lack of them in the world right now. I'd like to see a little more peacemaking over in Ukraine, don't you think? Um, I, I hate what's going on right now. I, I'm not saying anything about the war one way or the other. I just wish there was some peace negotiations going on because I'm really worried about it. I hope all of you are mourning in the sense that we should all be praying because we're in very deep trouble right now in the world. All of us Christians and Catholics should be praying. The, the blessed are those who are mourning for the state of the world or, or mourning for something. We're, we're each, each 
era has had its challenges. We're having ours right now. These are our times. What are we doing about it? I can't change anything. I'm a priest. What can I change? Nothing. But, but the Lord, who, who changes the bread and wine into the body, his own body and blood, can do anything. And he's waiting for people that are praying to make a difference. One rosary, that's all Mary asks and all of her apparitions. Those are people that are mourning. And they're, they're mourning, but they're also rejoicing because they're doing something. I think that I've always said the biggest powerhouse around this place, other than the Mass and the confessional, is, is the adoration chapel and people that are praying rosary and different things because that it looks like nothing's happening, but that's sustaining the world. It's keeping, God is keeping us uh, you know, in balance so that we have time and, and all of that because people are praying and helping him because we're all in it together. So when you look at it, the Beatitudes suddenly make sense because the Lord, whether we like it or not, is going to keep leading us down this road, opportunities for mercy and to be meek instead of, instead of jumping in and getting the last word and arguing forever and, and, and uh, resisting that emptying effect that life seems to have on us and not being a peacemaker but wanting to to you know fight to the death or something and all of these things God keeps leading us down paths that seem to be suffering but really he's trying to help us be like himself because that's to be godlike that's the true human self and we're we're called to be truly and fully human and not the world's way of human which leads to nothing it leads to being in an empty room and not knowing who you are in the end. And so uh, the Lord challenged us today, but he also gives us a real, a blueprint for life, but more than that, just an acknowledgement, a little bit of a hint or an insight as to where he's going in your life. If, if you're being emptied by something or mourning or uh, challenging to be more of a peacemaker, we can all be peacemakers by just saying the rosary right now, you know, a little bit more, or saying a prayer um, or doing something peaceful in the world around us but God is calling us to be more like him, and this gives us a blueprint of what he's actually doing in our lives. It makes a little more sense out of this plan that right now doesn't make sense, but later on will be perfect.